Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ooh, you can't tell two us nothing. Two-way I did. I did. I was about to say that. I did. <laughs> Uncle so, Keegs. Uncle Keegs. <laughs> I thought the follow-up story was tremendous. That was great. I, I did like the line that nothing will bond you more than taking care of a a, a baby. Uh-huh. And after spending a couple minutes with Ryan, I believe that's true. <laughs> I thought I said it, but I thought I thought that Sac State game was about to go bad. Um, she was just in her zone. She was she was locked in. For those that watched, uh, <laughs> being a menace, yeah, eating the eating the box score. Um. For those that didn't watch the NBC broadcast, they talked about Uncle Keegs, the relationship between Keegan Murray, De'Aaron mm-hmm. Fox, and, of course, the Fox family. And Doc Rivers followed it up with the story that he once, in San Antonio, yeah. had Dennis Rodman <laughs> babysit his children. He said he wanted to go out. And so <laughs> Rodman was available and more than willing to watch Doc Rivers' kids. And so he left his children with Dennis Rodman. That is a trip. <laughs> I don't hate that. Dennis seems like a crazy guy because of his upbringing, but I'm sure he's like a nice guy and stuff like that when he comes down to it. Yeah. So Doc I think, said, he would, I think he'd be fine with the kids. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Doc said his house was a mess, which – I'm fascinated as to like what that meant because I heard a story once about Dennis Rodman's house and when he was with Chicago, mm-hmm. how, and I, and, and this, I, I feel like this might be in the, the last dance, but I, I, I can't remember. I heard the story in a different setting. They had to put Dennis close to the facility mm-hmm. essentially just so they knew exactly where he was mm-hmm. when he did the, when he did that whole thing about I need a break Mm -hmm. and he went to Las Vegas for a few days yeah, and it was like, all right, you know, you have to ask Michael and Scotty if you could do it. And they were like, fine, just be back at practice on Monday or whatever. Mm. Monday comes around. He's not there. All right. Phil says, Mike, you got to go get him. So Jordan gets in his car. It's, it's, you can see the house, but it's with you, you, you drive to it. Mike said he gets to the house, the door's like partly open, uh-huh. like not unlocked, like the door's open, <laughs> pushes the door open. He said there's naked bodies everywhere. And he's stepping over them to find Dennis <laughs> face down, naked. 
So he slaps Dennis on the ass like, hey, we had a deal. Get up. We've got practice. So Dennis pulls himself up, puts on some shorts, puts on his shoes, nothing else. Goes to practice. Drives him back. Phil says, all right, here's our drills. And, and this is why Mike, Michael Jordan remembers the story so well is because Dennis proceeds to crush everybody <laughs> in every drill that they do. Yeah. Just runs the entire Chicago 1996, uh, 90, or uh, this was the 98 team, I think, the, ni- the entire 1998 Chicago Bulls team out the gym. Mm. Hey. So I was like, what did Dennis's house look like when Doc dropped his kids off? <laughs> Doc said it was a mess. He didn't specify, so I'm going to trust that there uh, weren't, you know, little Austin Austin Rivers, <laughs> you know, sitting with uh, right. uh, with Carmen Electra, Electra. <laughs> yeah, whoever it was at the time. Yeah, that was a that was a great start. <laughs> Doc uh, later in the broadcast, I think the Kings were up like 18, and LeBron and AD went out, and he's like, "This is a dangerous time for the Lakers. Like they could either." like kind of stay in this game or it can get out of hand. And he said, and then they, like the Kings went to go up by like 25 or whatever. He yeah. said, I told you, Dave, more Dennis Rodman stories yeah. are on the way. <laughs> I remember that story. As the Kings started to build the lead, I think I think that's where he said, we might have to revisit that Dennis Rodman <laughs> story he, he told. Doc, Doc is solid when calling the games right now, I think. I really, I like, I really like Doc in this yeah. role. I always did. He's good. I thought I kind of hope he stays announcer. there. You know, he can be – we always talk about him broadcasting being like a, a Madden-type figure. I think Doc can be that type of guy for the NBA. Like, he, he's been around the league in this era, so he understands the way the game is played. He played it, um, and he can communicate it. I think he's he's really good. I know he might want to coach he's at some point. I hope he don't it go sure sounds coach. like he wants to coach. Yeah. The way he was talking last night, yeah. it sure sounds like he wants to coach. Probably be coaching the Lakers next year. Well, maybe. <laughs> Yo, that'd be wild. Call it like it is, bro. Yo, that'd be wild if Doc Rivers coaches the Lakers. I mean, he's not going to go to like some team that's rebuilding or something. Right now, right. the Lakers have championship expectations, so if they get first-round bounce, There's I mean. just no – like that is a lose-lose situation for Doc. If Aren't I, they all, though? There's no one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. For him. Yeah, no, you're right. Because it's, for Doc, it's really just title or nothing, right? Right. Or at yeah. least a finals appearance. Yeah, get, get to and the you better And yeah. better not be up 3-1 oh. in that finals appearance. Oof. Either complete a 3-1 series or win the finals. Either or. or yeah, 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 that, yeah, that too. That too. Mark Wong, my apologies. Well, you know, if this doesn't change, I, I think we're going to have to revisit that Dennis Rahman story. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is that's not exactly what he sounds like on the call. No, he does it, sound a little different. It's like Doc on the call versus Coach yeah. Doc Rivers sounds really different. <laughs> it's not his horse. Maybe it's just because he's not yelling as much. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but I mean, you, you you listen, you still know it's Doc Rivers. Right. He still has but that it does distinct. Sound different. It doesn't sound like, yeah. you know, Doc post game at all. Doesn't have to yell James Harden anymore. That, well, there's that. Who do the Clippers play tonight? Oof. You know, oh, no one. It's it's Thursday. James, James said, when we figure this out, it's scary hours. <laughs> Someone tweeted, I think you said that with Brooklyn and Houston, too. So who'd Chris talk to? Was it James, Paul, and Kawhi? 
Did he talk to all of them? Chris who? Haynes. Isn't that where that clip? Isn't that where that line came from? Didn't Chris Haynes do a report? I, I, I saw the video clip. I'm not sure. I think it was with Chris. Maybe I'm wrong. Might have been. Uh, it was on this podcast, wasn't it? I thought it was Paul George. I don't know if it was oh. all of them. I thought I saw something where Paul George was on him and Mark Stein's podcast. Oh, Chris that. Haynes. Po- okay, okay, yeah. got you, got you, got you, got you. Yeah, I, I I saw Chris tweet something about those guys. Bones Island was also tweeted something out too that I'm not going to mention because it was per uh, <laughs> Chris Haynes. So I'm going to leave it alone. There's a certain emoji. It's blue. <laughs> oh, Sometimes no. put it on top of your head. <laughs> oh, I gonna, no. I ain't going to talk about because that's my dude, man. I'm going to leave that alone. Oh, Bones Highland. How do you feel about Bones Highland again? I think he's a really good ball player. That's not what you said last time. <laughs> he's a really good ball player. Eddie brought it up yesterday when he was on talking to you guys. I'm really keeping my eye on Paul George. Mm. Because the Clippers, I really feel the Clippers have to do something. If they're not moving hard into the bench, I think a trade or something's going to have to happen. Because mm. this is not working. God, I love Chris Oof, Haynes. I love- that would ever happen. Lord have mercy. I love Chris Haynes. I really, really hate Bleacher Report. But so, so a, a Bleacher Report exclusive with James Harden, Paul George, my bad, Ty Lu. Ah, okay. Uh, going inside the growing pains of the Clippers, uh, Ty Lu says, this is my toughest challenge uh, as a head coach. Mm. I don't believe you. But, okay. Mm. I guess James could be tougher than the 74. Three win Golden State Warriors, but yeah, right. well, it, I get, I, I get it, I get it, Ty. Yeah, I, 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 I smell it, what he's cooking. I, I smell it. what he's cooking. I get it. Um, couple things. Uh, Kings play the Spurs tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's already been announced that uh, Devin Vassell is going to be out tomorrow. Uh, okay. He's playing really well this year. Yes, he he's going to be out, and Trey Jones is doubtful with a right hamstring strain. So. Those two are already listed as out and doubtful. Keldon Johnson uh, is probable. Wow. Okay. Get ready for Jeremy Sohan running the point. <laughs> His one-handed free throws. It's not worked out well for them at all this season. <laughs> yeah, not the best. Uh, tonight, uh, only two games tonight because the NBA is cowards. Well, uh, they it might have might have been a good idea to stay clear tonight. Oh yeah, I'm good with that actually. <laughs> well. Truthfully, I, I don't hate either of these games. One we'll watch together, Brooklyn at Miami, um, and then the the Thunder and the Warriors. I'll be tapped into that. No, but I was go- but what I was alluding to was NFL probably got them tonight. Oh no no no! I know yeah, yeah no no I know what you mean. I, I like yeah, the two no, games I know what too. You meant. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. the two games too. But I, but but what NFL I meant is finally got one. I'm gonna have to pay attention to the oh yeah the NBA. I'm like, watching this, the NBA. Good, I'm, but yeah, I see no, what's we, going on in, in Golden State. I want to see what's going on. Yeah, we got uh, we got we got a game tonight though. Yeah, we got a game tonight on the Amazon app. Well, so grab your iPad if you want to two-screen stuff or grab whatever second device you have. Cause yeah, they're not going to lock me out of my TV. Watch the football game on your phone. <laughs> they're not going to lock me out of my TV. Mm-mm. It's going to be a big-time big game. Yeah. It's a big-time game for both teams. Um, yeah, we talk about it tomorrow. Did we do power rankings yesterday? We did. We did, okay. and people were still confused. About you not having the Dolphins in there. Well, are they not in there at all? They weren't in there. I'm telling you, people were really torn up about that yesterday. Who are people? The streets, bro. Yeah, Come on. Give me one name. The street. Uh, Give me Jesse. one name, not Jesse. 
Jesse. No, not Mr. Tapia either. Okay, well, now you're asking Casey was asking questions yesterday, I believe. There's three. I didn't understand it. Literally Casey's job. Like, the first line in his job description, ask questions. (laughs) I was trying to figure it out. That's a three-loss team, right? Yes. Okay, it's it's not like a two-loss team that I skipped over. I'm sorry, is Dallas a three-loss team? Dallas is different. Let me why? Let me Dallas ask you something. Different. Don't make me do this, Jesse. Don't make me do Dallas this. Do what? Do it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Come All on. Right, let's do this. Let's go. All right, let's do this. Who's Miami lost to? Good teams? They lost to the two teams, teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. Good teams. Yes. Who's Dallas lost to? The 49ers. They lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Cardinals as well. They lose to the Cardinals. They did lose to the Cardinals. The Let's not too. pretend they're that different. <laughs> let's not pretend I, like Dallas these, is going on year six. Like these, Dallas is going on year six. No, stop bringing up old stuff. Let's not. Let's not. In pretend, fairness, these aren't power rankings over the last decade. They're power rankings right now. In fairness, I did call the Dolphins a Pac-12 team. And, yeah. yeah, but you put them at three. Yeah, they got three losses. You put them at three. Won't show the Pittsburgh Steelers no respect, but no. you put the three lost Dolphins no. at three. I'm Look not, at y'all. I'm not Look putting. Y'all. You know what? I'm not putting uh, stat hoes. <laughs> I'm not putting That's what y'all are. Old Miss Pittsburgh Steelers in the top three or top five. No, not. Was that the story yesterday? Some guy came up. Can you believe Dealer's power rankings? Couldn't believe it. I don't. Who's the, who's the guy? What's his <laughs> oh, name? No, what's his name? Steve, guy Steve, Steve from the store. Steve, Steve from, from the, the store. store. Oh wow, wow! What a coincidence. Steve from the store. What store was it? Ace Hardware. What street was it on? <laughs> See, look at look at that. How Avenue. Come on, hey, man. Who goes to Ace Hardware? <laughs> Home Depot. It's the first thing that popped into my mind. <laughs> no, you left at like 6 o'clock last night, and you expect me to believe you went straight to the Ace Hardware? <laughs> there used to be an Ace. My mom you put your ring camera in at the apartment? Get out of here. <laughs> I had to buy a screwdriver. Where is that? Is there an Ace Hardware out here? I don't know if they even have those anymore. Like I said, I used to be by my old house. I commercials, but... Well, Ace is the place. For hardware, hardware stuff? stuff? Yeah, the people's know. hardware store, I think. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Stupid man. Oh man. Matt Good George times. will come in here and settle this show down. We'll talk Kings basketball with the host of the Locked On Kings podcast and uh, ABC ABC 10 Sports reporter. Our man Matt George next here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy to be joined by our very good friend and host of the Locked On Kings podcast. Report over there at ABC 10, our main man, uh, Matt George. Matt George uh, had what looked to be a tremendous watch party last night with over 93,173 Kings fans in attendance uh, <laughs> watching the Kings beat the Lakers, man. Good stuff. Yeah, that number's a little low, though. We, we were oh. in the six digits. Oh, we so, so we went WrestleMania in Dallas, so we went about 111,000. <laughs> well, you just saw the inside, too. What you didn't see was outside, mm. standing in the rain, the dedicated Kings mm. fans and the couple of Laker fans we threw out of there. Yeah, get them out. Well. So every, every once in a while, you got to throw them out, man. Get them no, out. it was a it was a great time. I mean, I know you guys have experienced this with uh, with the live shows at um, at the casino, and mm-hmm. and then you guys did a, a watch party or two last season. Uh, and you just you never really know. Like <laughs> you, you can put it out there, and you have the crowd that supports you and follows you digitally and stuff like that, but you never really know. And I mean, I was blown away by the the amount of Kings fans that came through, family members, friends, uh, fellow media members, ABC Ten people just coming through to to support Locked On, to support Sackyard, and to watch the Kings kick the Lakers ass. So it was an all around really, really good night. I'm fired up about it and I'm looking forward to doing more watch parties and a, a live podcast in the, in the future, but it was a complete success. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had a beer in my hand immediately. Like, I'm going to have a good time whether or not, whether or not somebody shows up. That's it. That's it. I was going to ask you. I mean, I know I'm not going to say for a specific date, but I mean, we, 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 we're doing this once a month. Like how, how are you planning to do this? We uh already talking with Sackyard about finding the next game. You got to find the right opponent, too, because it's not yeah. just going to be like we had to be the Lakers. It's probably not going to be any of the Warriors games because we traveled down to the Bay um, to, to to watch the Kings hopefully beat up on the Warriors. But uh, we'll, we'll find other big games throughout. And then I haven't picked a date for this yet, but we are going to do a live show. And rumor has it, uh, at least if we can work out scheduling wise, uh, Gary Gerald and Jerry Reynolds will be the guests Ooh, on the live show. That's awesome. So be a pretty good, a uh, pretty good deal out there at Sackyard. So I'll have announcements for all of that, but enough of that. Let's talk Kings basketball. Let's do it, man. Yeah, man. Um, what stood out to you most last night? There's like 50 different things to cover. So I feel like I know what your favorite thing might be, but what, what, what stood out to you most last night in the Kings win? Well, I'm fully expecting people to bring up in the in, in the chatty house and based off of our conversation last week, the last time we talked, it was like con- it was I was concerned still about Sacramento's offense and defense being able to coexist. And uh, I saw a lot of people in the chatty house saying that that they either thought I was overreacting or thinking uh, that that I was uh, being a little too pessimistic or whatever it may be. And, and the reality is come the, uh, the the Cleveland Cavaliers game. To some extent, the 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 Thunder game, but the Cleveland Cavaliers game is like okay. It helps that De'Aaron Fox is back, but I finally saw what I needed to see, mm. which was a solid defensive effort. Even though the Kings gave up 120 points to Cleveland, didn't feel like at any point that they were playing that poorly. And then they followed that up by holding the Lakers to 110, embarrassing Anthony Davis, which happens every time Sabonis and Anthony Davis play at this mm. point. And on top of that, like you still got you, you have a game against Cleveland where you have four players score 20 or more points. Then you have a game against LA where you have two 28 point scores and a 29 point score. 
Like I've seen, I saw what I needed to see. I'm not saying I don't still have my doubts about how the defense can hold up or how the shooting can hold up or the effects of, of one another. But what I, one of my major takeaways from last night, Dilo, to answer your question is it felt like, I mean, the Kings were in complete control start to finish. It felt like once again, they were raining down threes, but they ended up only shooting like 36, 37% from three point mm-hmm. range as a team. That's repeatable. Compared to the Cleveland game where it felt like everything they put up, nobody was missing. Keegan was hot. Kevin was hot. Uh, even De'Aaron Fox was hot for a little bit. I know I don't think Malik Monk shot too well in that game, but for the most part, everything the Kings were putting up from three-point range was dropping. It's like, okay, this is just one of those nights where there's nothing anybody can do to stop the Kings. And when Sacramento has those nights, it's an L for 29 other teams in the league. But last night was wire-to-wire control over a good Los Angeles Lakers team. They handled LeBron James trying to carry the Lakers back in that fourth quarter. It was an ugly fourth quarter, but they still got the job done. And they did so with shooting stats and offensive stats that were repeatable while the defense was really solid, forcing that many turnovers, that many points off of turnovers. And you guys hit the nail on the head earlier when you were talking about Keegan Murray. Keegan was the lowest scoring starter for the Kings last night. Only had nine points. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Keegan Murray had a massive impact on that game. So this week, I've seen what I needed to see to believe in Mike Brown's new Sacramento Kings style of play that he wants. And hopefully it can consistently carry out through the remainder of the season and into the postseason. Can we talk about my man number 10? Can we talk about Domas Sabonis and what he was able to do to the Lakers, specifically Anthony Davis, who I think is you know, I, I do like Anthony Davis as a ball player. I think he's one of the great centers uh, the game has seen. A little inconsistent, but he's still he's still one of them guys. And Domas has dominated him his entire career. And last night was a microcosm of their matchups their entire career. Domas, I just I just want you, Matt, really to just give him his flowers because that's what we're doing today. Because there's always so much disrespect to his game and what he brings to the table. Nobody says anything when he does things like he did last night. You know, he was dominant last night in every facet of the game. And we know because we watch the games, he does that more often than not. But for him to do that on a national stage, that should be having everybody's antennas up and everybody speaking about it. But, you know, now they ghost. Now they want to talk about uh, the Celtics. You know, that's, that's what they want to write about now. Nah, nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. So, Matt, just take your time and talk about Domas and what he did last night. Well, Casey, you know I could spew for five straight minutes. Hell, I could spew for 30 straight minutes just talking about Demonte Sabonis, and the chatty house already has to hit a slow-mo button to understand every word that's coming out of my mouth. So I'll, basically I'll say this. To me, what speaks volumes about what Domas is doing right now is exactly what you're talking about. Ain't nobody saying anything. After a summer of dragging the man, low-hanging fruit, basing all, like, undermining and dismissing everything that the man dur- did during the regular season, saying he he's not an all-NBA caliber center. He's on tier four uh, of the centers list, below Anthony Davis, below, uh, of course, Embiid and Jokic, which are on a tier of their own, but but below guys like Kristaps Porzingis, below Bam Adebayo. After an entire summer of hearing that nonsense based off of the only playoff series that the Sacramento Kings played in, which was the only basketball that those talking heads watched that had the Kings playing last year. We know they were watching last night because Lakers on national television, that's mainly how they consume their their content. And it just so happens that they were playing the Kings last night. So they can't Mm -hmm. ignore that Domas took Anthony Davis and the Los Angeles Lakers to school, which is not anything new for him. And, uh, you know, I've been, 
kind of responding to, to things on social media today because immediately it goes right back to, well, it's a regular season. It's He's doing this in the regular season. Needs to do this in some playoffs, blah, blah, blah. The dismissal of the regular season to fit your narrative or fit your argument is the stupidest thing on the planet because we're all gushing over how well Tyrese Maxey is playing right now, talking about him as a, a budding, exciting young guard. Think about how many people are talking about what Tyrese Halliburton is doing with his ridiculous assist to turnover ratio in Indiana. That team hasn't made the playoffs yet, but we're gushing about them and giving them all their roses and giving them all their flowers. But when Demontis Sabonis is doing something well in the regular season on a level of elite center status in the regular season, oh no, he got to prove it in the playoffs before I'm willing to give him his credit. So, I mean, Domas is going to be forever underappreciated, especially here in Sacramento until the Sacramento Kings actually win the title. And even then they'll probably say it was because of De'Aaron Fox and Keegan Murray and find a way to undermine the man. I don't care. People in Sacramento know how good Domas Savonis is. Yeah. And so Domas reminded the Los Angeles Lakers how good he is last night. He reminded the Cleveland Cavaliers a couple nights ago how good he was. He carried the Sacramento Kings to a big win with defensive uh, numbers as well, holding the Oklahoma City Thunder to under 100 points in their first uh, regular season game. Hell, or sorry, in-season tournament game. Hell, Domas is the one who I think started this whole turnaround with the comments that he made uh, in, in practice or in shoot-around before the the – a Portland Trailblazers game, I believe. I think it was the so, Cavs game. Was it the Cavs what, game or the Blazers game? Uh, but I, I, I know yeah. it, it doesn't matter. I, I shouldn't the, even. I think that. it was it after the Houston losses. Either it, way, yeah. like yeah, Domas yeah, yeah. is You're the right. one that's he's the one that's taken to the mic and said this isn't acceptable, yeah. and he's come yeah. out and changed his ways. Yep. So or or changed how he was playing compared to the Houston game. So look. I've seen what I need to see from Domas. I, I know there's plenty of validation in how Domas is playing. I know the Sacramento Kings would not take back that trade in a second, even if uh, Tyrese Halliburton was playing or continues to play out of his mind all season long. They don't care. They know what they have. De'Aaron Fox knows what he has in his starting center and his partner. And now you have Kevin Herter who's balling out. You have Keegan Murray who's looking like an all-NBA defender. And then that bench is capable of going off at any point in time. They didn't have to last night for the Kings to win, which I'm almost encouraged by. The fact that, hey, you needed your starters to carry you through. They did it. Bench, you can still make an impact. Keon Ellis defensively, Malik Monk with his assist, but the bench didn't need to score a boatload of points for Sacramento to be victorious and win wire to wire in L.A. He looks really aggressive, like purposely aggressive on the offensive end uh, since that speech, if you will, that post-game media scrum or uh, post-practice media scrum that he gave you guys a few weeks back. Like He was really, really aggressive last night. We saw him get to the line repeatedly in the first quarter in the Cleveland game. Like he, 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 it was almost like he, he said, "We need to make a change, and I'll go first. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. see the offense going the way that it's going, and he gets out there, you know, from jump, and starts working in that post, starts working uh, whoever he's playing against. Yeah, I, what I like is. Sacramento is establishing themselves in these games early, and that's allowing them to to be in control for basically the entire game. Will Z put out that amazing stat of over the last three games, the amount of minutes the Kings have led versus mm-hmm. been tied or, 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 or trailing, which is like a minute or something like that, mm-hmm. which is just incredible work by Will Z. Shout out Will Z. He was at the, the watch party last night. Appreciate him and his fam for coming through. But like to me, uh, another thing that jumped off the page, guys, is you look at the – I don't have it out in front of me, but the Kings scored 38 points in the first quarter. I think held the Lakers to 25. Then coming out of the third quarter, they held the Lakers to 21. So in the start of the game and the restart of the game, the Kings took control and established themselves. That game got as close as it did because again, LeBron James went supernova in the fourth quarter and looked like 
King James from 10 years ago. And you just have to tip your cap to some of the stuff that he was doing. It's like, man, I hate 23, but boy, when he gets into this flow state, it's like, just appreciate one of the greatest to ever do it. So, but what the Kings are doing that they have struggled to do consistently, not just over the course of the playoff drought, but even last season is coming out of the gate and taking control and then coming out of halftime and taking control. And they're doing it defensively, not just offensively. We saw the Kings explode for 38 points. Domas was aggressive. De'Aaron Fox scored the first bucket of the game for the second straight game in a row. He took the opening tip against uh, Cleveland and, and got the tip in over two defenders to open up that game. He had the first bucket of the game, which was an aggressive layup off the tip in Los Angeles. So Fox ain't waiting to the fourth quarter to get himself going and establish himself, which of course opens up everything for everybody else. So you have the offense that's, that's getting going that just opens up everything. And then defensively, it's like, yeah, we're going to score 38, but that doesn't mean you're going to be right behind us with 32. Right. You're going to be in a hole early, and we're going to let that set the tone. So that when you explode in the fourth quarter, when you have your 30-point quarter, that's fine. We'll give one up. We have a big enough lead to where we can sustain that and we can maintain our lead. And that, to me, is what's encouraging. That's the next step to me for this King squad. And, and Matt, we've talked about this, and I'm just a big believer that they can be this – middle of the pack, 13th ranked defensive team and still be explosive on the offensive end. I just never subscribed to the theory of they'd have to take a step back to be what they want to be on the defensive end. They're showing that right now. I thought, uh, Damien, you saw this, and, and for anybody who didn't, I, hopefully you can find it somewhere. I thought Tim Legler did a great job of yeah. breaking down yep. how they put pressure on teams with their offense on missed shots, on made shots, in the open court, in the half court. And when they're cooking like that on the offensive end, and to your point, Matt, when they're playing defense the way they are, literally we're talking about one of the best teams in basketball. So I, it took a little longer, as you know. It took a little longer for me to come around. But I'll tell you, there was one guy that made me buy in completely with it, one guy that made me feel about as good as I could possibly feel, and that's Kevin Herter. And it's not just him getting back to his shooting because he's exploded. He had 20, 28 last night, played really, really well uh, against uh, OKC, played, uh, I think it was OKC, played, played pretty well against Cleveland as well. Like his shot is starting to fall, but it hasn't affected what he's doing on the other end. Like that, that speaks volumes to me, guys, that Kevin Herter is back to his red, red velvet hot shooting, but he's still crashing the glass. He's still playing the best defense of his career. That hasn't stopped. Now right. the three-point shot is falling. And if anything, it's made it easier for him to put in that effort in those areas yes. because his primary skill is shining through. Like that, that's making me more of a believer than anything. Because I believe De'Aaron Fox can be one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. We've seen it when he wants to turn it on. Keegan Murray is showing, look, he can guard the best wings on a nightly basis and hold his own. And I'm like... Even the biggest Keegan Murray supporter on the planet. Hi, I, you know how bad I wanted the Kings to draft Ke uh, Keegan Murray and how much I was a believer in Keegan. I did not think that he was as quickly going to become as good of a defender as he had this season. And don't let anybody, unless it's a Sacramento Kings scout or general manager Monty McNair, tell you otherwise. Because we did not see this coming this mm. quickly. So Keegan's balling out of his mind on the defensive end. We see the impact that De'Aaron Fox has on offense. But to have someone who is known as a shooter, who plays the shooting guard position, who worked his way through the slump by doing the little things, to continue doing those little things now that the shot has come back, man, that is that is what Mike Brown and this coaching staff have brought out of this team. I don't know how many other coaches in the league could have brought, in, uh, brought that out of Kevin Herter the way Mike Brown has. And he took a little risky route to get it, 
and, and Kevin Herter went through At a tight it to get there, but he made it. He got it. Now it's early in the season, right? Kevin's got to do this all season long. And hopefully if this is the version that the, of Kevin Herter that the Kings get in the playoffs, I'm not talking about 28 points. I'm talking about that effort, regardless of the shot falling on the other end of the floor. Yeah. I feel really good about how far the Kings can go. That's My partner right. would say it's over for you, hoes. <laughs> that would be. There's a reason why I can't say it. You can say it. You know, it's over for you, hoes. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Doctor Date, clip that. Dr. All Day, you hoes. Get that on. My hoes. Okay. You, Whoa. You, then, now, now don't celebrate it, Matt. Like relax. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I got to play that on the air. Um, for me. It feels like you, you. You talk about you know you know, Mike and Kevin and, and what we saw from them over the last, you know, month or so, it feels like all of these guys, you, you talked about Keegan Murray, Kevin Herter, you know, we saw, you know, Harrison Barnes do some really good things. I mean, 20 steals, Matt, mm. we, we dated that, you know, Will Z found it was, it was back in the year 2000, the last time the Sacramento Kings did that. But it feels like this group has bought into whatever, whatever Domas was talking about that day after the Houston game, it has brought us the Sacramento Kings offense that won them 48 games last year and the defense that we've never seen that could lead them to much more victories than that. These guys are rounding out from deadly offensive basketball players to a really, really dangerous basketball team. Like a truly – this, this what we saw last night, and, I, and, I, and I'll focus on last night, that type of team, that's the championship caliber team. Mm. That's the well, team and, that you can talk mm. about potentially being mm. in the NBA Finals. No, you're 100% right. And the coolest part about it is the defense is making the offense better. I mean, in the case of last mm. night, all those turnovers resulting in points off of turnovers, the Sacramento Kings dominated in transition. Since De'Aaron Fox has come back, no surprise, the Kings are much better in transition. But I don't just put that all on Fox, right? The impact that he has on this team is MVP caliber. There's absolutely no ifs, ands, or buts about it because you go from averaging 102 points per game in the four games that he's out to averaging damn near 130 in the games that he's playing. The Sacramento Kings are what? Five and five and one in games that De'Aaron Fox four, has played this season. One, four and one. Four and one. Thank yeah. you. Four and one in games that he's played this season. You're right. Cause the Portland and, and, and OKC, but either way, four and one in the games that he's played this season, like De'Aaron's impact on and everything can't be denied. So I don't want to undermine that by any means, but everybody is buying in and they're seeing how, Hey, a steal, a defensive stop that allows us to play the basketball that w- we know we're capable of playing. I'm using the Royal we here. Like the Kings have improved dramatically as a half court offensive team. Like if they're in, if they're forced into the half court, they're fine. They can score. We know this, but they're, they're still elite when it comes to transition. Cause they can get open threes. De'Aaron Fox can get to the cup. Hell Demata Sabonis can push the break and he has no issue doing it mm. from time to time. So the defense is what's making it possible that the Sacramento Kings, who had the best offense in NBA history last year, averaging 120 points per game, can be up in here this this high 120s and, and, and this 130 range relatively consistently. It's because of the defensive stops and the opportunities that those are creating. That, to me, is even more exciting because the offense, it's hard to improve from being the best, but this Kings team is capable of doing it. But if the defense can improve to, like Jill Adge was saying, if the defense can be average, right? Yeah. And the average defense 
makes your elite offense, historic offense, even better, I'll say it again. It's over for you, hoes. <laughs> Matt's word of the day. <laughs> Matt, like, Matt is so excited to say that. Uh, I got a green light. I got a green light. Sacramento, California, where two things you don't want to do. Well, two things that you live by. Be average. Don't lose nine in a row twice. Well, that's 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 the that's that's the most. <laughs> you can do that. One. Everything's good here. Don't lose. Just lose nine in a row once. <laughs> can we? Can we just add lose one more thing? eight of nine and don't lose nine? <laughs> can we add one more to it? Hey, defend for just two dribbles, right? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good call. <laughs> poor back. Luke, man. Poor uh, Luke, man. He was just—that's all he was asking for, man. Poor Luke. But Luke was watching watching a couple of nights ago. Like, yo, you guys got to be kidding me. <laughs> You guys got to be kidding me. He's looking at Monty like, all right, Monty. Hey, guess who doesn't defend for two dribbles now? The Indiana the Pacers. <laughs> what a coinky dink. They don't defend for one dribble. Man. Hey, man. Another thing that I'm thinking about with the way they're playing now, because we're speaking glowingly about this team, and we're on a great mood. But there's going to be some more hard times. I don't know if it's going to look like – Houston or, you know, what it's going to be. There's going to be times when maybe they lose three out of four or, you know, have a tough road trip or something like that. But because they were able to dig themselves out of this hole, they can look back on this and say, we know we're capable of it. Yeah, it's a rough spot, but we know we're capable of if we just get back to basics, we do the things that we're supposed to do, that we can get back to where we're trying to get to. And that's another great aspect of them being able to turn this around uh they may look at it like they probably should as there was the the injury to their best player as well but even before that they during that homestand in the portland game in in the okc game they dug deep as a team to kind of turn their fortunes around and so this is something they can draw back on moving forward if they need it i mean i'm uh, you have to be encouraged by how they have responded to that really tough stretch how these guys have individually responded to struggles and how as a team they've come out of this and and they didn't quit on what Mike was telling them to do. Said, so now we're going back to what we did last year because that won us games last year. Mike, I get what you're saying, but we're going to go back and we're going to try and play our game and then it all falls apart, right? This team didn't do that. Now, they still have to play the Denver Nuggets, which they haven't played yet. They still they still have to get past the Golden State Warriors and they're going to have that opportunity again with Draymond coming yeah, back here not. in Sacramento. They're... <laughs> I mean, there's still going to be barriers and barricades in this team's way. This team still has a ways to go. So it's not like, oh, we figured it out, championship or bust 100% at this point in time. But it's it's good to see that the Kings can go through that dry spell and come out of it playing even better basketball. And you can see the the, the work that Mike and his coaching staff have put in. And hell, the players themselves have been putting in over training camp when it looked rough, when it looked frustrating, when Mike was intentionally trying to make them uncomfortable. And boy, were they uncomfortable throughout preseason and the early part of this season. Now they're getting comfortable in that discomfort. And it's it's like you're seeing the fruits of that labor, right? So that is encouraging in its own right. So when the Kings face the next level of adversity from regardless for, from whatever the team is, because there are genius scouts out there, genius analytics departments, people are going to find cracks and chinks in Sacramento's armor and find ways to exploit that. How does Sacramento respond and learn from that? At this point, I don't know if it's possible to have full confidence or 100% belief and 100% faith in anybody to that extent, but 
Mike Brown, his staff, the Kings players, they haven't given us any reason to believe that they won't take those bumps, learn those lessons, adapt and grow and make the right changes because it's what they've done so far this season and it's what they've done really since Mike Brown took over. And amazingly, we've had this conversation for 20-some-odd minutes and then barely talked about the captain, De'Aaron Fox. You talk about being uncomfortable. One of the biggest moments of last night's game for me was when the game was over and De'Aaron was talking to the guys at ESPN and it became very, very clear. De'Aaron doesn't necessarily feel better. He's pl- whatever, you know, the, the the ankle injury he sustained, it's not, oh, it's better and he's out there playing. You know, he he talked about the discomfort he's been in a couple of times when he gets in certain situations. They, hey, how you feeling after a couple of games? He's like, huh, it's whatever. Like I've I've you know sat more games and have heard like like he's playing through this, and I don't want that to be ignored mm. because not only is he playing through it, he's it's not that old. Oh, he's out there and his spirit helps the team win. He's out there scoring 28, 29, 30 points when he's out yeah, there. Yeah. And Matt, we said earlier, when you talk about De'Aaron Fox now, you got to talk about this level of toughness that he has, which is all about his desire for this basketball team to win. I mean, the the word to summarize De'Aaron Fox this season at this point is is undeniable. I mean, you just there's nothing that you can look at from De'Aaron Fox's game and go, ah, that's not quite there. Ah, that's not that quite there yet. He's scoring. He's playing defense. He's distributing. He's attacking the basket. He's stepping back and knocking down threes. Like De'Aaron is doing. Every, he's playing hurt, and you can't tell. Mm. I mean, th- this is. Yeah. Like we can question a lot of things, and we have questioned a lot of things about De'Aaron over the, the the course of his time here in Sacramento. There's one thing that nobody in their right mind can question. Period, and that's that De'Aaron won't put himself on the line any chance he has to represent the Kings, represent the city, and to win basketball games. Right. That is his motivation. He's not motivated by money, although I'm sure the max contract that he got helps, and the commitment from the organization certainly helped kind of strengthen the resolve, plus the DeMontis Sabonis trade reminding him, hey, we believe in you, we're building around you, let's make this work. I'm sure that helped. But De'Aaron has given his all and has always given his all for this city and for this organization. And it's further proof by the fact that the Kings have to hold him back and his wife or say has to go on social media and go, don't pressure him back. He already wants to come back. Fox wants to play tomorrow, but we got to protect him. Like De'Aaron would play in a boot if he could. Mm-hmm. Like That's the kind of player and that's the kind of guy that he is. So regardless of if we can question whether or not he can be the alpha or the, the, the main guy, the player A on a championship roster or not, those conversations are, are going to happen until he actually goes out there and does it. I don't think it's like there's no chance that De'Aaron Fox is held off of an all-star team this year. Like you can't find somebody else to put ahead of him so that he's a, a vote in for an injury replacement or whatever it is. Like that's De'Aaron is undeniable at this point, as is the impact and the effect that he has on his team. Yeah. I'm not giving De'Aaron all the credit for Kevin Herter starting to hit shots as soon as he came back and Keegan Murray starting to hit shots as soon as he came back. But boy, do those guys look 10 times more confident with number five out there with them than they did without him. No, but it's no disrespect to those guys. They're NBA players. They're great players in their own right. But in a team setting, you know who the leaders are. Mm-hmm. You know who the guy is. And, and, and they look at De'Aaron and they say, that's, that's the guy. That's our guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's our leader and he's back. And if they see him, you know, and they talk to him and they know that he's not 100%, but he's still going out there giving it a go, that is something that motivates these guys. That is something that kind of brings their spirit up because they know 
hey, he could easily sit out for another week, but he wants to be a part of this. He wants to do his part, so let me do my part. You know what I mean? And I, I think it is something that can uplift a team when you see a guy like De'Aaron, your best guy like De'Aaron. Go back to what happened last year. Sabonis, another one of your best guys out there playing with a, a, a torn ligament in his thumb. That is something that's motivating for those guys. Like, hey, they're laying it on the line. I need to do the same thing. I want to do the same thing. I think a lot of that is going on with all this. And D'Lo Fox is having fun not just because his Kings are winning. Fox is having fun because he can take a step back and let Herter fill it up or let Keegan mm-hmm. fill it up or let Domas run the show. And that's what I've loved from Fox over these last couple of games that I think is, is an, an evolution of his game this season. His fourth quarter Fox last year unstoppable, right? Clutch player of the year. When it was fourth quarter, it was De'Aaron Fox time. And we'd see Fox finish with 35 points in a game and 28 of them were in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And my question coming into this year is what does it look like if Fox consistently brings 10, 15 points into the fourth quarter with him? What's Where's he at then? We're seeing Fox establishing himself early in a game because when he establishes himself and starts out aggressive, not only does it get off the Kings off to a good offensive start, he's putting points on the board. Defenses for damn near 48 minutes are so worried about what he's doing that Keegan Murray gets space that Keegan Murray should not be getting. Kevin Herter should not be getting the wide open threes that Kevin Herter gets. He's one of the best shooters in the league. How does this man get so wide open? Demonis Sabonis should not be able to run DHO game as freely as he does, but it's because De'Aaron Fox is out there drawing so much attention and his impact is so great that those guys have the availability and the freedom. And I give full credit to De'Aaron because he's establishing himself and then he's knowing now I can step back. Now I can get my guys involved. I'm going to stay aggressive and burst every once in a while when I need to. And I asked Fox after the Cleveland win, I said, man, it looks like, like how much are you enjoying this right now? How much are you enjoying watching so many of your, your, your teammates explode? And, and he, what he said that stuck out to me, he goes, man, there are times where, of course, I got to take over. There are times where I need to do what I got to do to help this, this Kings team win. But when he needs to step back, and he, and he can let his teammates carry the load for him sometimes, or he can do his part by getting the guy the ball that has the hot hand that isn't him. That I mean, that takes a lot from your star as well. Yeah. Not to not to bring the vibe down. Oh, thanks a lot. You want to weigh in on on Davion and where we're at with him and where we may be going with Davion Mitchell? Two DMPs yeah. in a row. Yeah. Um. I mean. The Kings are undefeated in the Keon Ellis era. <laughs> we, we, could, we could say that. I mean, here's the thing. Keon has one distinct advantage over Davion Mitchell, and that's height and length. Yep. And and I go back, like I instantly think back to the Clay Thompson game winner. Davion, I don't know how he could have defended that better. But Davion, there, Clay's got a couple inches on Davion, and that's all a, a Hall of Fame shooter like that needs to get that, that look off and to, and to hit that shot. So... Am I saying the Kings lost that game because Davion couldn't guard Clay? Absolutely not. I think Davion did his job. And we know how good Davion is as a defender. And look, I think Davion has a ton of value to bring the Sacramento Kings team still, whether it's part of this team or potentially attached to a pick or attached to a player for the Kings to go out and get an upgrade if they have to at the trade deadline. I'm not trying to speak that into existence. I'm not saying trade Davion Mitchell, but Davion has value. Mm. And Davion, I think Mike Brown essentially said it best. Everybody has to stay ready. Keon Ellis stayed ready. He impressed Mike by playing the right way in the end of a Houston blowout to where now he started in, 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 in back-to-back wins with Fox out and is playing Davion's bench minutes in two more wins with Fox back. Mm. So Davion is doing his job. 
So opportunity is going to, I'm sorry, Keon is Davion opportunity is going to come for, for Davion at some point Mm -hmm. where he's going to get back into the game again, reestablish the off night, hit a couple threes, be aggressive the same way you were aggressive off the bench against the Portland trailblazers. I need to see that not just after a game where you're pissed off because you got benched. I need to see that when you're, that's just who you are to help this Kings team win basketball games. I think it's a tough thing for Davion to go through, but other guys on this roster have gone through tough stuff and come out of it. We just talked about Kevin Herter. So the expectation, I think, should be the same for Davion. Well, look, we talk about him getting another opportunity. Um, we talked about it yesterday. It was, it was I don't want to say discovered, but I hadn't even thought about it before then. Keon Ellis is a two-way player. Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of games that he can play, and it's not 82. You mm. know what I mean? So – unless they sign him to a, a, a guarantee contract or put him on the main roster, which is completely possible. If the way things are right now, yeah, Davion's I'm going to get that uh, opportunity because Keon's going to be out of games on the NBA level. <clears throat> and I, I, I just, you know, same thing like you mentioned with Kevin Herter. Stay ready. Continue to work on your game. Make sure when you get into the game, you – Know what Coach Brown is asking you to do, and you execute it. You can't control your minutes. You can't control uh, how many shots you get or anything like that. But if he's asking to push the tempo, play hard on a defensive end, essentially I'd feel play like he did against Portland um, uh, last week and go out there and just do that to the best of your abilities for as long as you have. And just stay ready, though. That's the biggest thing. I think he will be because I trust the type of ball player he is, the type of professional he is. I think he will be ready, but he's going to get another shot. And literally, I don't know if there's anybody on the team that works harder. Davion's a gym rat. Now, that's that's a nice compliment because you know he's not being lazy and kicking his feet up and saying, hey, vacation time, I'm not playing, and I'm just connect, collecting a paycheck. That's certainly not who Davion Mitchell is. He's putting in the work, but this is a results-based league, and the Sacramento Kings are in the business of winning basketball games and, and, and trying to compete for a championship today. So they can't wait for anybody. Even if it's your third year, whether it's your rookie year, you got Keegan Murray in his second year stepping up. You got Keon Ellis as a two-way player stepping up to help the Kings win basketball games. That's what matters most. If if Davion comes back into the rotation and is making winning basketball plays, he's going to play again. And that message is clear to everybody on the roster. You think Domas is gunning for Wemby tomorrow in the in-season tournament? Yeah. I don't. Maybe. Um, I don't know if Domas is like looking at Wemby with any kind of like, oh, let me let me let me kill this kid. I think the, the the Kings are looking at it from the standpoint of the San Antonio Spurs are a terrible defensive team, despite how fun Wemby is. And Wemby's going to get a few blocks and things like that because he's just a freak of nature. But like, if the Kings play their level of offense, there's nothing San Antonio can do. Now, I'm not writing San Antonio off. I'm just saying defensively, San Antonio is not a good basketball team. So if the Kings establish themselves offensively. Doing the same things on the defensive end doesn't mean that they, they, they can take a night off on that end of the floor. And we know the Kings historically have struggled with playing to the level of their opponents. The Spurs are a better basketball team than I think people give them credit for. They're also extremely well coached because we know uh, who, who's on the bench for that team. So it's not going to be a walk in a park by any means. And I don't expect the Kings to treat it that way. But San Antonio is going to fold and crack and break and make mistakes on the defensive end. If Sacramento... I mean, Sacramento, those should be the mistakes that a team like Sacramento, those are the mistakes that a great team knows how to exploit. Hmm. So those are my expectations. What about 15 to 30 seconds on the A's or no? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll just say really quick. Um, 
I'm gutted for Oakland A's fans, myself being one of them. I immediately thought to how I felt when when we woke up to the the the, the first and goal on the one about a uh, uh, tweet about the deal to Seattle being done for the Sacramento Kings. We never had to wake up, thank God, or we never had to 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 start or read about any unanimous ownership decision. It's not over, but it certainly looks like the the, the door is shutting and the sun is setting on on Oakland A's baseball. And all I'll say is this: it's a it's an absolute shame that MLB owners are choosing money. It's not surprising, but they're choosing money and choosing to put money in the pocket of one of the worst, screw that, the worst owner in all of professional sports. They're giving him more money. They're giving him more opportunity while ripping a team out of a top market and putting themselves in a worse TV market that has shown zero, little to no interest in supporting the Oakland A's or Las Vegas A's or whatever the hell they're going to be called baseball team. Mm-hmm. It's a disaster. It's a, it's an absolute shame. It's going to fail. And the biggest losers are Oakland A's fans. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the biggest winner is going to be the guy that is always pocketed revenue sharing over winning baseball games. Well said. You want to say holes one more time before we go? John Fisher is a... Never mind. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I can't believe you... I, I can't believe he didn't pull the trigger on that one. That hoe ain't loyal. Oh, jeez. Matt George. That's all I got. It's a news reporter right there, folks. Yeah, it's well. Matt George, ABC 10, Locked on Kings. Make sure you're following. Make sure you check him out. Uh, we appreciate you so much for being with us. If you're on one of the video streaming platforms, hit the thumbs up before you go. If you're on the Odyssey app, hit the heart. In uh, wherever you are, make sure that you are back here with us tomorrow at 10 a.m., beginning with the Insiders. Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Vamos, Coach Harbaugh. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.